Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you, if you find a comfortable position, seated or lying down, we can stay in our seats. And we're going to breathe in for a count of four. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette. And I'm Evan. And this week we're talking to Stuart Sanderman, who's the founder of BreathPod. Stuart is an expert on all things breathing, which sounds really simple, but can be quite difficult when you're feeling anxious, stressed, etc. He's going to be talking to us about how he got into breathing and became an expert on it, and also guiding us through some exercises you can do for when you're anxious, and also when you have a winter cold, because both of us are sick. Breathwork is is using your breath to to change the way you well you feel you think you act operate perform perceive all these amazing things. So it's basically using the breath as a tool to change your state. And How did you get into that kind of thing? Completely by accident. I um I took my mum for Mother's Day as a as a present, and it was actually through quite a, a traumatic time for me because I'd, I'd lost my girlfriend to cancer. Um, so it had been kind of. 18 months of, of her having a terminal cancer. So I, I moved back to Scotland where I'm from and, and about a month later something popped up online and I thought my mum would love that. Um, and it, it, I took my mum along to the practice and, and it, was, it was really, really powerful and it, it allowed me to, I guess, feel what I wasn't able to usually access. And um, the intriguement of breathing i thought well breathing i've been doing that all my life and and how could just breathing make such a shift um so that intriguement got the better of me and, and i just started working very closely with the breath and trying to find out 
as much as I could about this thing that we do all day, every day, um, from from birth to to when we leave. So um, that was that's how I got into it, and, and it's been an incredible thing to look at because we think we often take it for granted. We don't really think about it unless we're out of breath mm. or um, feeling tight in our breath, and it's usually the, the the negative part of breathing that we go, "Oh, I'm not breathing right." But we are doing this thing a lot every day, so it's it's quite an exciting thing to play around with. How did you feel after that first session? Because you said it kind of allowed you to feel. Yes, um, it was actually a very emotional session. Mm. I, I felt all sorts of physical sensations, tingling, buzzing, um, which felt very bizarre and, and weird and wonderful. Mm. Um, but then it was quite cathartic as well. There was there was a lot of emotion shifting and. In essence, that particular way of using the breath is is used to release trauma held in the body. I didn't know that before I took my mum. <laughs> Typical me, I, I hadn't read the description, but I thought my mum would love it because she's she's a yoga instructor. So I put two and two together and didn't realise the the potency of of that way of using the breath, that particular practice. Um, but it was although it was quite cathartic, and I, I released a lot of emotion, and I, I've. I, I basically started to feel the grief that I wasn't allowing myself to feel. And I think that goes deeper. Why I wasn't feeling that stuff was was probably my conditioning. Mm. Um, big boys don't cry. And, and these ways that we kind of learn to operate our operating system from, from a very young age often trains us to react in different situations. I mean, I've done martial arts all my life. I had a teddy bear called Tough Ted. Um, so when something like grief happened or, or loss I didn't know how to process it. And this practice kind of allowed me to, in a safe space to feel that stuff. Um, I know it's not the most technical word, stuff, but we, I stuff think we all, have, we all have that stuff, that bag of bag of bricks um, that we, we carry around. And, and this is a really powerful way of, of letting go of that bag um, and feeling what we need to feel so you end up skipping out the door afterwards because mm-hmm. you're feeling a lot lighter, more energised, um, and um, more connected to a part of yourself you may have not listened to for a while. How did you go about training in this? How did I go about training? Um, again, it was just something I thought, wow, what's happening in these practices? So the woman that I'd gone to, I said, tell me everything, tell me what's going on. Um, because I, I didn't share one thing that was very powerful was I felt my girlfriend was there with me um, in that first session who'd passed away. So it was very bizarre and I'm very science minded, I mean, very kind of that way inclined. So I thought, right, was that my imagination? What's going on here? It felt quite real. I'm losing the plot. I'm going insane. Um, but the intriguement, like I said, got the better of me. So I started working closely with, with this woman um, back in Scotland where I'm from. And the more I started to uncover that that way of using the breath I then went off and trained in, in that particular practice and then just wanted to find out as much as I could so I thought that looking back at the cancer journey we, we looked at everything out there um, externally every kind of medical um, treatment or alternative therapies and and the one thing that was with us all that journey was was our breath and we didn't look at it and I think if somebody told me just breathe I would have ran a mile or stuck Mm -hmm. my fingers up and then get me get me some sense here um, without actually thinking about well the way that we breathe really is affecting the way that we are operating the way that we are acting and and our health Uh, it's it's kind of the most important thing we do in the day 
and and it affects our mood and it affects the emotional response in the body as well as this very physical aspect of kind of air, air in a waste out um but there's there's this link to the way that we breathe and, and how we feel so it was just quite quite i just was very intrigued i just was getting so much from it and feeling very different the voice in my head became very kind to me um which is strange and and quite nice and then very physical things at the gym i felt stronger and, and healthier and and so initially it was it was my thing that was just really great and helping me and it wasn't till i started training in it and i thought wow everybody needs this why mm-hmm. why are we not taught to breathe it's ridiculous it's the most important thing we do and if we don't do it we're no longer here and no one had ever shown me how to breathe we just kind of learn it or learn maybe a dysfunctional pattern or um, different triggers in our life might cause a different breath pattern that's not conducive to that particular environment so i went on this hunt and trained in different modalities and, and tried to try to bridge the gap between well, what the yogi is saying and what the the kind of eastern philosophies versus what does a respiratory consultant do and what do the doctors say about the respiratory system and and try to marry the two and and get as much information as as i could and then you made it into your work yeah yeah well it's it was just a a natural progression Mm. it was the last thing i thought i'd be doing if someone if mystic meg said yeah you'll be teaching people to breathe i would have thought that was completely ridiculous um but yeah it was it was acing the huge shift that it was having on myself mm. uh, like i said initially through grief and then understanding the breath even more on how i was using my own breath and then when i started to train in in different practices seeing these monumental shifts others were having um from all walks of life from working with sports got people performing mm. sports the athletes um to stressed out city workers um to kids to all, all uh, like i said anybody that breathes someone said what's your niche and i was like oh, humans um which is pretty much yeah pretty much it really it's i think we all could learn a bit a bit about breathing did your mum like the first session did she have the same yeah. kind of reaction as you did yeah great question she loves it mm. yeah yeah she um she still she still breathes she's still breathing to this day (laughs) to this day she's still breathing but yeah she she um she i think at first i thought she was finding it quite hard because i was emoting quite a lot and i don't think anyone had seen me emote but she and i thought oh she must be thinking oh what's up Mm. but she was in her complete own um experience that was bringing up something from her past that she was needing to um look at Mm. um which again was was very powerful for her and and um yeah she's she she does it regularly she she breathes regularly but now she she uses the breath as a tool Mm. um to to enhance her life that's good because i was just imagining if you both had the same experience and she was just like i don't i don't get it that would be really strange and interesting but i think you're right if you do the breathing you probably will get something from it Mm. whoever you are so what kind of issues can breathing techniques help us with Uh, all sorts and and issues can be the the obvious ones stressing anxiety which is linked to a a, a tighter short shallower breath pattern which you can shift Um, sleep um, improving sleep reducing sleep apnea um, energy um, other kind of respiratory um, ailments um, asthma 
um, heart disease, and and then like I said, sports performance as well, really enhancing our, our ability to have this exchange of gases, um, oxygen providing power to our, our cells, and and then um, having a better efficiency of removing the waste. So it, it, there's just so many different areas. I was sharing sharing earlier that it's there's always some something different coming through the door on a sort of one to one clinic, and that tend, could could be somebody that's going through something quite um, physical or, or like like cancer. I do a, a regular class with with people affected by cancer, and um, we, yeah, we've been getting really really nice results. Um, really helping people both with the physical side, but also this mental emotional space. Obviously, we're a mental health podcast, so I think with anxiety, I know a lot of people who have kind of consistent anxiety mm. breathing styles like i've been told before that i don't breathe properly like deeply is that something that you are able to fix or is it more those kind of individual exercises for short-term things yeah well there's there's two sides to mm. to fix that with yeah with breath as a, as a tool the first one is i guess your more traditional pranayama kind of style if, if you're feeling anxious you're most likely got a shorter shallower breath tight chest perhaps um heart rate increase and you said like like you said maybe upper chest breathing um or regular patterns or fast breathing holding breath mm. um not really having this kind of consistent flow of breath now you can learn techniques that will change that in the moment and i like to think of them as fighting fire so they're reactive to a state i'm mm. feeling anxious i'm feeling stressed I'd like to feel something different right now. We can start slowing down the breath. And, and that's what's so amazing about the breath is every in-breath is switching you on, if you like. It's slightly pop, popping the heart rate up, the blood pressure up. And, and when we're anxious, we tend to be switched on. It's mm-hmm. this fight or flight response is triggered. Um, usually from a, a, a threat signal from our brain which is the same as being chased by a tiger, but it tends to be the tigers in our head that are causing the, causing the shift in breath pattern. So we can slow, slow the breath down and, and that will start activating the other side, the, the parasympathetic state is rest and digest response. So the, the way the breath works in that kind of physical space is, is the brain will auto-generate the breath pattern depending on the environment, either externally or internally in the thoughts. Yeah. And then it's the breath pattern that triggers the brain and body to respond. So we can, because we have conscious control of our breath, then we can override the breath part, which is amazing because we can turn that stress and anxiety to calm and relaxation and really quieting the mind. And, and almost I like to think of it as hacking, hacking your system. So that is one way of, of changing. It's reactive. So it's having this awareness. Oh, I'm feeling this way. I want to shift right now. That's why I call it fighting fire. We're either putting the fire out or creating a fire if we're wanting to um, pick things up in our body. Where the the breath practice that I talked about, that I, how my step into the breath world, that works a little bit deeper um, because we're actually going one stage further. Well, why is my brain signaling a stress or a, a threat if there isn't a tiger chasing me or there's some, not something there in the environment? And that goes back to the way that the brain's operating or the way that we're perceiving our environment. And we can work with this deeper way of using the breath to integrate those, those beliefs, 
because if I switch the tiger analogy to a dog, okay, and if a dog came running in the room, for some people they see the dog and their brain auto-generates an excited breath and they get endorphins and they go off and they run off and play with the dog. That would be me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for some people they see the dog and their body responds like the tiger. That'd be me depending on the dog. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can see there's, there's a difference and what do you think that difference would be? Why would somebody be scared of a dog and somebody not scared of the dog? Probably previous ex- experiences. Because yeah. like my dad, for instance, got attacked by a dog once. So understandably now, I suspect when he sees the dog, he would have that kind of reaction that you might, Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. <clears throat> Absolutely. Experience. So somebody that's scared of the dog, maybe at three years old or whenever, the big dog barks at them and they're they say, oh, I'm never going near dogs again. And the, the, the neural pathway in the brain connects and they create a belief dogs are not safe. So that's a felt experience. Or you might have a learnt experience. Somebody says, don't go ever, ever go near the dog. A dog will bite your hand off. It's just kind of what the tiger is, to be honest. But we, we create the same um, scenario in our brain. Our neural pathways connect and we create a belief that dogs aren't safe. So then when we go through our life, our perception of dogs is we'll stay clear. And I know that's a very basic example, but you can see how life experience will shape the way that we are reacting in different situations. Now, this deeper form of using the breath allows us to clear through that stuff. It allows us to feel what we've maybe not felt. For my, my experience, like I said, was grief. And it was feeling the grief initially, but the more I practiced, I realized, well, what was that? That was just my bigger belief was big boys don't cry, mm-hmm. um, which is probably from my school parents, um, postcode, whatever it is, these, these different things that start shaping the, the self that we identify with, which um, usually through these experiences as well, we hold our breath. And we hold our breath as a safety mechanism to stop feeling emotion. Emotion, I like to think of it as energy in motion. And, and we stop the motion part by contracting our muscles to stop this natural flow of breath. So that could be anything on that emotional spectrum. Anger, holding the breath. Or it could be holding back tears because you're at work and you're trying to keep it together. You hold the breath to stop the tears flowing. Or it could be um, laughter. We've all been there when you shouldn't find something funny. We hold the breath to stop the laughter flowing. So very sort of conscious examples, but you can see how we use the breath as a control to stop natural flow of emotion. And we create tension in our body to stop that flow. So in essence, what this practice does is it allows us to open up through physical restrictions in the breath, which could be physical things, injury, posture, these kind of things. But it tends to also be these these emotional holds where we've held on held on to our breath to stop feeling so once we start opening the breath up in this way it allows us to integrate these these past experiences that may be making us um, operate in in a a way that is not our true self or our our best ability or optimal um, space that we could be operating in Hopefully that makes sense. That did. I was yeah. just fascinated by that. I like how kind of scientific it was because I don't think people expect that. I think they hear breathing and like yoga exercises and they think it's going to be really new agey, hmm. but it is quite hard science. I think yeah. the latter thing you were talking about with the deeper stuff, we're not going to ask you to fix us right now. <laughs> that's quite heavy. But um, the more reactive ones, could you talk yeah. us through maybe some exercises? I know you mentioned one to clear a blocked nose. One to clear a blocked nose. Which would be helpful for us. Maybe is 
do you have anything that could help people sort of maybe who think they might be going to have a panic attack Mm. yeah yeah absolutely and and that is that's a good place to start um because the panic attack comes with hyperventilation in, in essence we might be switching to the mouth breathe because whatever's going on and we're triggering this stress response and all the body's doing is actually looking out for you and mm-hmm. saying, there's a threat, we need to get out of danger. But when there isn't a threat there, it's the, the, the mind's kind of overriding that. So what's usually conducive with it, like I said, is this irregular pattern of breathing faster, potentially holding the breath and potentially breathing through the mouth. So what I'd encourage to do for that is something like in through the nose for a count of four. We're going to do it with you now. I want to do it now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, if you if you find a comfortable position, seated or lying down, we can stay in our seats, and we're going to breathe in for a count of four. But it's quite important as well that we you mentioned it before, mm-hmm. breathing in into the lower torso. So we're using our diaphragm to breathe, which is our primary breathing muscle, and when we use the diaphragm to breathe, the belly expands before the chest. And some people find this hard in itself because I do. It maybe habitually been breathing in their chest and because you've done it 20,000 times a day the, the habit is, is there and it's formed so might help just pop your hands mm-hmm. on your lower ribs and try not to drop the mic <laughs> um, hands on the lower ribs fingers across the abdomen and we're going to breathe in through the nose for a count of four feeling the hand on the belly rise so inhale and then just hold the breath for a count of four And then we're going to exhale, but through the mouth this time for a count of eight. Okay, so let's do a couple more rounds of that. Yeah, so inhale for a count of four, feeling the belly rise. Hold for a count of four. And exhale through the mouth for a count of eight. Feeling the belly fall. Let's do one more round. Inhale through the nose, feeling the belly rise. Hold. And exhale slowly through the mouth. Okay. How are you feeling? I'm always, because I do this sometimes, I'm always amazed at how well it works. I'm always sceptical skeptical at the beginning and then I'm like, oh, I do actually feel a lot more relaxed just from doing that. Yeah, it's nice. What I always find with any of these kind of exercises is what, what also happens to me is though I kind of go, oh yeah, I do have a body and all these other things, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, then I have to start rolling my shoulders because I'm, you know, like you realise that you were carrying all this tension. Yeah. I get this mm. when I meditate as well. So I'll sort of do the meditation and I'll finish and I'll be like, oh yeah, I've got all this tension in my back, whatever. Because also anytime anyone's like, and relax your shoulders, you're like, Wow, those were literally <laughs> up by my ears and yeah. really, really tense. Yeah, so it's what actually happens with that because, in essence, the science behind it is is we've we've got a longer exhale than our inhale, which is activating this rest and digest response, the parasympathetic response. So it's a handy thing to do before having your food as well. Um, <laughs> some people just will be gobbling our food down and going on to the next task or running for a bus or whatever it is. Um, but by doing this, we're preparing our body to digest 
as well as the rest function too. But for something like panic attack, it's it's balancing out carbon dioxide in our body as well, which tends to be burnt off because of hyperventilation, um, which we can make us start cramping up. We can get seizures, sort of seizing body as that happens. So this just allows us to bring the carbon dioxide back up in the body naturally and calm ourselves down. It uh, activates a nerve as well from the brain stem that runs across the heart, uh, the vagus nerve, and goes right down to the diaphragm. And, and in essence, when that activates, it secretes in the heart. It's like a break for the heart. Um, so it slows down the heart rate, um, so we start feeling calm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I love the fact that it's called a vagus nerve. As well. I know. It's like the least calming, <laughs> kind of calming name for a nerve ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we do the, um, yeah, the clear your nose one as well? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. as it's winter and everyone's sick. Yeah. We yeah, can do it as a yeah. quick one. What we want to do for that, I'll talk through it first and we'll do it together. So it'll be a normal breath in through the nose and then a normal breath out through the nose. And then we're going to pinch our nose and hold our breath. And as we hold our breath, we're going to rotate the head, just tilt the head to the right, tilt the head to the left, tilt the head back. Tilt the head forward. You may feel a, lit, a, a slight air hunger, that feeling of wanting to breathe. But if it's too much, you've, you've held too long. Um, we want just a very slight air hunger. And then we settle the head and breathe in through the nose and then out through the nose. And then we will just repeat it until the nose clears. Okay? Okay. Should we give it a go? Yeah. Ready. So normal <laughs> breath in, normal breath out through the nose. Pinch your nose, hold your nose. And then moving your head, tilting your head to the right, tilting your head to the left, tilting your head back and forward. And then back to the middle, breathe in through the nose. And out through the nose. And in through the nose again. And out through the nose. Pinch your nose, hold your nose to hold your breath. And then start moving the head again. And breathe in through the nose. And out. Let's do one more round. So breathe in through the nose. And out. Pinch your nose, hold your nose. Don't hold your nose too tight because then afterwards you're probably <laughs> quite hard. So tilting right, tilting left, tilting back, and forward. And breathe in through the nose. And out. And this is in and out again. And out. Okay, so how are you feeling? I feel like I can breathe through my nose, which is progress yeah, from the last right. night. I, I feel like yeah. I absolutely, because we're recording in a glass studio. Yeah. I've, in, I've very much enjoyed that with all the head tilting and what people must have been thought we're, we're doing. But um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so yeah. what's happening there, just to throw the bit of science in, in, into that one, is the... Well, Holding the breath, holding the breath, basically the body, there's a buildup of carbon dioxide. So the body says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm building up carbon dioxide, which is acidic. We need to take a breath here. What's going on? So it starts opening up the airways over the mucus because it says we need to get air in this, into the body. So again, we're tricking our body to start opening up mucus airways and the tilting of the head starts getting that kind of dislodging a bit as well. 
So I would repeat that until the nose blocks. If it's if you've been doing it more than five minutes and it's still not blocked, the, the little hack, like I said, is actually just moving a little bit more. So you could do it standing up or maybe jogging a little bit on the spot if that's if that's a, uh, open to you guys jogging on the spot and what that does is because our muscles are moving is we get more carbon dioxide building up in the body so the body then opens up even more so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate or review. Five stars would be lovely. Also, if you've enjoyed this, come and have a chat to us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we have a Twitter, which is Mentally YRS. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.